Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock. I'll be your host for the podcast. We're talking today with Amy Rotering, who is an associate attorney at Mundal Law. How are you, Amy? I'm doing great, David. Thank you. You do a lot of things at Mundal Law having to do with estate planning, don't you? Yes. I'm very passionate about making sure people have a plan in place. And in fact, I co-play event about estate planning called the ABCs of estate planning every third Wednesday of the month. Well, why don't you let us know what is this topic that we're going to be covering today? Today, I want to talk about estate planning specifically for empty nesters. So what do you refer to as an empty nester? Well, David, empty nesters are a parent or parents whose children have grown up and they've recently moved out of the house and now the parents are home on their own again. Of course, it's not uncommon these days for children to move back in with their parents after college and this podcast applies to them too. So what made you choose to talk about empty nesters and their estate planning for today, Amy? The reason why I chose to talk about this topic today is that a lot of the folks who come to see us about their estate plan are recent empty nesters, and so they have a lot of the same questions. And either they need to update their estate plan or they need to start from scratch and create a new one. Regardless of the situation you're in, if you are an empty nester, now is a great time to do either or both of those things. So you're basically answering a need that you've seen in the general public. Absolutely. Being an empty nester is unique from an estate planning perspective in that a person's life is going to look a lot different now than when they were raising their children. And so their needs have changed. What are some of the main issues for this kind of estate planning for folks that don't have their kids around anymore? The first one is leaving assets to your children. Now, obviously, your children are adults now, so you don't have to worry about who's going to take care of them should you pass away. Perhaps in the past, they were leaving their assets to the person who was going to take care of them when they were kids, and now they want to transition that. What kind of assets are we talking about exactly? Well, when I say assets, I'm talking about the house, the vehicles, life insurance policies, and retirement accounts. Those are the main ones. So most people, if they're married, will say, well, if my spouse doesn't survive me, I want to leave everything to my children. And that's great and very logical, and a lot of people want to do that. One thing you're going to want to think about there, though, is how much all of those assets can add up to. And if your children are 18 to 22 years old, they may be adults, but can they handle taking care of a home and large amounts of money that they've probably never seen before? And the answer in most, if not all of those cases, is no. Well, if they can't really handle it in the parent's mind, how do you deal with that one? The most common way to deal with that is to set up a trust. And what that does is it allows a third party to manage those assets until the children are a certain age. And that age is determined by the parents. It allows the parents to control when and how much money the children will receive. 
Some parents opt to give children payments over time until they reach a certain age and then give them the rest of the money. Some others will simply say, my children don't get anything until they reach a certain age, such as 25 or 30, and then they get all of the money. So it's up to the parent, and there's many factors to consider when making such a decision, such as the age and the maturity of the kids, and what's going on with the family, and what kind of assets the family owns. A trust is also a little more complex than a will. It takes a little more time to set up, and so it's a really good idea to talk with an experienced estate planning attorney about whether a trust will work for you and your family, and if so, what kind of structure will that trust have? Both a will and a trust names someone to manage the assets after you die. So when it's a will, you name an executor, or it's called a personal representative. If it's a trust, then you nominate a trustee. In either case, that's the person who is going to be making some substantial decisions about what is going to happen with your assets in accordance with your instructions. So again, most people state their spouse is their first choice, but if not, then they want one of their children to do it because it's most comfortable for them and it's someone who knows the family. You mean, of course, one of their adult children. Of course, David, yes. Now, When thinking about nominating one of your kids, it's a really good idea to think about what makes a good money manager, because that's what your kids will be doing. A personal representative has a lot of responsibility, and I don't think people are really aware of how much responsibility they have. It's not just about distributing assets to the right people. In terms of a will, these are what a personal representative has to deal with. They have to file papers with the court, and they have to appear at probate hearings. They have to deal with creditors who the estate may own money to. They have to deal with government agencies, such as perhaps the Social Security Administration, the IRS, or the state of Minnesota. And they also have to deal with family members who may not agree with all of the terms of the will and may want to contest it. So you're going to want someone who has the maturity to handle those types of situations. It sounds like it's a very thoughtful process to determine who would be the best person to be either your personal representative or the trustee for your estate. Is there any special criteria that people take? Well, it is important to find the right person. It doesn't necessarily mean that your children don't qualify. It's just some things you want to think about. You want someone who's good at managing money, of course. Someone who's good at keeping calm in stressful situations. So someone who has some good social skills. Yes, definitely. And someone who can handle talking to other professionals, such as a government agency or a creditor. And you want someone who can manage relationships. If you have siblings who are arguing with each other or with you, or you have another relative who thinks that they should be inheriting something, you have to manage those disagreements as well. So obviously someone you can trust, as you said, someone who knows how to manage money. Is there anything else that goes into that process? Well, it's a really good idea to sit down with an experienced estate planning attorney and talk about all of these issues. It may turn out that one of your children are really qualified to do that. But in the event that it isn't, you really want someone who's going to be able to manage things in the way that you want them to. Well, it seems like that estate planning attorney or whomever the personal representative or the trustee may need to work with as an attorney later on is going to be crucial in getting things right. That's correct, David. It's a really important decision to make, and it takes a lot of forethought. 
Well, it sounds like that covers the bases pretty good of those first two issues. Does it make any difference for the adult children of the empty nesters to have an estate plan of their own? It sure does, David. Now, the children don't have to have an estate plan for the empty nesters estate plan to work. However, when I talk to empty nesters about this, it comes as a surprise to them that once their children are adults, the parents no longer have access to their children's information, and they can no longer make medical decisions for their children. So I'm going to give you an example. There was a parent who called our office, and they were very distraught. Their 22-year-old son had been in a car accident. He was in the hospital, the child, and he was unconscious. And so he was unable to speak for himself, obviously. The parents were calling our office because they were upset that the medical providers who were caring for their child would not allow the parents access to any of their child's medical information and that the parents didn't have any input into their child's care or treatment that they were receiving. That is why it's so important for children, even young adults, to have an estate plan. And when I say estate plan, David, I'm not talking about this huge elaborate plan. An estate plan can be as simple as having a health care directive and a power of attorney. So if the son had completed a health care directive, he could have appointed his parents as his agents to make decisions for him about his medical care. He could have allowed them to access his medical records. And in the unfortunate event that things took a turn for the worst, the medical staff could have consulted with the parents and the parents would have been involved in the decision making with how to move forward with treatment. In helping a member of their own family. Exactly. And being in the hospital, obviously, is stressful enough. It's not a good time to learn that you don't have any say in your child's welfare. And on the same note, I talked about a power of attorney. A power of attorney would have allowed those parents to also access their son's finances and make financial decisions for him in the event that that needed to be done. So if he was in college, they could have talked to the financial aid office or something like that. Now, I will caution parents that a healthcare directive and power of attorney do not give you the authority to access your children's grades at college. So you're out of luck on that one, but it will help you with a lot of other issues that may come up. Well, besides the grades, it seems like they could act in the role of like a conservator, considering that the young person is incapable in that urgent moment to be able to take care of their own affairs. Correct, David. I would say that the power of attorney doesn't have the same effect as a conservatorship. But yes, in that moment, they could make short-term decisions regarding their son's finances, which in that moment is really what they would need. Well, you had mentioned something that you guys are doing online, something about the ABCs of estate planning. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I sure can, David. The ABCs of estate planning is an interactive presentation that we host the third Wednesday of every month. Okay. And it's online via Zoom, and it starts at 630. It usually is an hour to an hour and a half long, depending on how many people are there. What it talks about is just an overview of the estate planning process, kind of what is estate planning and what's involved in it and what are the documents involved in it. That sounds fantastic. Can you tell us, how can we get on board? How can we find it? What do we need to do? Absolutely. Go to mundallaw.com and click on classes. That will bring you to a site where you can register for the class. Just give us your name and your email address, and we will forward the Zoom link to you to access the meeting. And I wanted to add that the class is absolutely free. There's no charge to you for attending. 
The ABCs of estate planning at Mundal Law. Click on classes, and I guess it sounds like you'll be prompted through so that you can get your Zoom link and get on board and find out all about it. And I love that it's free. Yes. We are trying to get this information out to as many people as possible. This is something I'm very passionate about. Please feel free to join us for as little or as much time as you can. There's a lot of really good information in there that's very useful. Well, thank you very much, Amy. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law, who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundal Law website at mundallaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.